With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're now locked into the zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by baseballism, they're America's brand, Big League Chew, the official bubblegum of Diamonds and Roses podcast, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast, live here from Truist Stadium, home of the Winston-Salem Dash and the Carolina Disco Turkeys. I have graciously joining me here today for this episode and a previous guest, Greg Sullivan, one of the owners of the Carolina Disco Turkeys. Greg, thank you so much. And you hear the crowd. Yeah, that's right. It's a little early, but you can hear the crowd, Ben. <laughs> it's my brother in the background, yeah, chilling. Um, so we just, I just got here. My brother and I are kind of on a little bit of a journey here in Carolina, visiting some family. Um, but we're in the area, and I hooked you, hit, hit you up, and said, "Hey, let's let's meet up. Let's go to the stadium because I want to see where you play. This is amazing." Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best parks in the country, and. Uh, you know, players are loving it. Uh, it it's, makes it a lot easier when you're, you know, telling people, hey, we're a new team. You want to come play for us? Um, it's nice to be able to pull this card out and show them, you know, pictures of the stadium and, and what they're going to be experiencing in the summer. Exactly. And I got to imagine, you know, myself looking at the stadium here. And if you haven't, check it out. Truist Stadium, home of the Winston-Salem Dash. Well, yet again, here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. But I was just telling you, we were talking in person prior to this, and I, I, I'm thinking this is like a, a really, really nice spring training facility, you know, that a, a major league ball plane would be playing in. So, I mean, that's a huge selling point, like you were just saying. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, they have, you know, Ryan Manuel uh, oversees the operations part of, the, of, their, of what they're doing here. Um, and uh, it does a fantastic job. The grounds crew keep it in immaculate shape, I think. And mm-hmm. uh you know, it the the team's actually part owned by the White Sox, so, yeah. so they I think they they want it to be like a major league quality field in a lot of ways, and you and yeah. you see it there. So spring training type facility, you know, I think it's about right and a good good game day atmosphere for those guys and for us. I think. Yeah, you know, actually, I don't know if you've ever been, but uh, Camelback Stadium, or Camelback Ranch, 
out Arizona. in Arizona. This actually kind of has the feeling of that particular stadium. I've gone there, you know, a few, couple times to watch the White Sox play, um, you know, because as you just said, this is their uh, high A affiliate. But, I mean, that kind of reminds me of what this is, which is really cool. And, you know, being that they're a high A affiliate, that's another huge selling point for your, you know, your team and your players. But let's talk about your team. How, how is it, how, how's it going this year for you guys? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, in a lot of ways, I mean, we've had a lot of successes. Um, the record's not really where we want it to be, but, but we still have uh, a lot of time to, you know, get that up. Um, in a lot of ways, we're able to kind of tell our players, you know, if there's a, a losing skid, uh, there's, there's a good way to reset and pause, and, and that's that triple ABA tournament. We're in the All-American Amateur Baseball Association, so we mm-hmm. close out our season uh, with something a little unique. We actually travel to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is something, you know, mo- most uh, summer collegiate teams don't do this type of event, but yeah. we uh, play in this national tournament that's been going on since the 40s, and so, you know, in some ways, we just kind of looked at this year as we're going to play the best teams that will be willing to play us, and then we're going to be really ready to go up there and try to try to win the thing. And, uh, you know, we played six Coastal Plain League teams, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they're essentially A-ball teams, yeah. <laughs> some of them. And, uh, you know, we've taken our lumps. We went one and five in those games. that we can say, hey, we beat the High Point Thomasville High Toms. They've been around since, like, the 90s or 80s and uh you know are one of the best summer collegiate teams in america you know we're not going to beat those guys most days but we challenge ourselves we, we've you know lost to some of the best teams in the country that just happen to be close by mm-hmm. uh, and then we've played some teams that are similar to us it's really hard to get an apples to apples comparison uh, one thing we found is you know we're going to end up playing you know between like 36 37 and 40 games in a regular season depending on rain outs and that kind yeah. of thing and uh, before we go up to Johnstown and a lot of the teams we're playing uh, played like half of that so so yeah. essentially what we've had a lot of this season is we'll be like playing our third or fourth day in a row and going against a team that's you know playing like half as many games as us and it's like always our third or fourth mm-hmm. starter versus their ace and so you know uh, I think that's we're probably like a 500 type ball club, and uh, just played ex- extremely tough <laughs> opponents, and then also kind of had those uh, mismatches, and it's kind of knocked the record down a bit. Um, so I feel like, despite that, you know, when we go up to Johnstown, very possible we're as good as anybody there, just mm-hmm. because we've played a, a tougher schedule, and you know, the difference is when we're there we're not going to have that situation where it's our third or fourth starter versus their ace because all the teams play the same amount of games. So it's, yeah. it's like competitively even. So let me ask, you know, are some of these players that you have on your team, are, are, are they finding themselves playing in probably in front of probably what would be a bigger crowd than they would normally at the collegiate or maybe even have a couple high school, former high school players on the team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, you know, there, there are a lot of different types of setups with summer collegiate teams. I, I have seen a couple teams that play in nicer parks or like in other teams' parks, but they just kind of show up and play. And that's not what we do at all. Like, we're a total operation. Like, we run our own scoreboard, we run our own video board, run our own music, have a mascot, mm-hmm. uh, have like stuff going on during the game, fans, you know, doing like dizzy back contests, kind of like the yeah. Portland Pickles or yeah. the Harbor Cats, teams like that out, out your way. Yeah. And so, and so, like, we 
invest a lot of time and effort into that experience. And so, you know, it, we're not getting thousands of people at most of our games yet. You know, it, it, you're looking at crowds of like 500 or something like that at a lot of games. But the people that are there are just like nuts about baseball. Mm-hmm. And I, I think because it's like connected to the college game, you know, it, it's not like a passive crowd. Like you get at some minor league games, like people are following what's going on. You might have some girlfriends and family kind of mixed yeah. into the crowd that are, you know, a little, little chatty and stuff. And, uh, or, you know, they chirp a bit and, uh, I think it gets everybody fired up and connected mm-hmm. to the players. But yeah, to your question, you know, we do have guys from like schools like Wake Forest and a guy that's, uh, was at ECU. He's now, he's transferring to App State, which is another good school around here. Uh, you know, people from D1s who, you know, on a weekend, they may see crowds similar to what we have, but we also have guys from D3s and JUCOs, yeah. good players, um, but they're used to playing just in front of family, and, they, and they're and they signing autographs here, you know, like, yeah. they're, they're like celebrities, like, uh, now they have you know, some young women that are following our team around yeah. stadium to stadium, you know, uh, there's like little five-year-olds, six-year-olds, like, uh, kind of hovering around the dugout. It's kind of like they're minor league players, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, it gives them a, it gives them that feeling of being in a big ballpark, being in front of fans, and also having you know some followers and just feel like you know they mean something, which they do to probably do. a lot of these younger players. Because it's you know, one of the things that I found out in the West Coast League and talking with some of the fans that go and watch those games is that they see this in, in places that don't have a bigger ball club. They see this as their big ball time ball club, their opportunity to follow people that they probably would normally not be able to follow and get to see and see a different talent level too. So, you know, it's just one of those things I think you'll probably see as I've seen with some of the West Coast leagues, you know, you're going to kind of continue to build upon your base. And, you know, it's an odd year. It's one of those awkward years. You're just barely getting up and going, but you got to deal with whatever's left of this pandemic and mm-hmm. overcome that. So, what has that? How has that impacted your team as a whole so far? Yeah, I mean, it mostly impacted us on like the planning stages, uh, just getting a later start uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of logistical planning and stuff. But also in the recruiting process, we we made the decision early on, I and mean, we're a healthcare city. Uh, you know, our ownership group's very, uh, you know, interested in, you know, how we can be good neighbors and, yeah. you know, interact well with, with our community. And we just decided early on we're not going to do the host family thing this year. Okay. And that's a competitive disadvantage. So where are you keeping your, where are your ball players staying? Yeah, we just recruited hyper-local. And uh, we do, you know, just to make it work and we uh, to be healthy, it's, it's a two-front thing. It's COVID, but also... Uh, having enough pitchers so you don't burn out your yeah. arms and don't burn bridges with college coaches. So we've been, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things we've had like multiple recruiting cycles this year just to make sure we have excess pitching. So what you're telling me is you've got a lot of inning restrictions on some of these arms. Uh, I mean, not necessarily like imposed, but just like, you know, we talk to our players and we're like, what do you want? You know, and so because we want the best guys coming back, you yeah. know, and we want them to tell their coaches that, hey, they treated us well. So, yeah. So, we have, I mean, we've had a couple coaches in the recruiting process that that had like conversations with us about how are you actually going to use the guy? Are you going to get him enough at bats? Are you going to get him enough innings? Or, and then like, how do you see like your role and et cetera? But you're playing small, you're playing smart ball because yeah. what you're doing is you're not only. I mean, you're not only looking at what you can do this year and how you're going to be competitive, but how can you be competitive in the long run, in the long term, 
not only on the field but off the field and getting players that want to come here, want to play, building that that camaraderie amongst each other, building that respect between coach and owner or player, owner, stuff like that, right? I think so, yeah. Something, you know, we want to continue to grow, uh, not, you know, not just our fan base but our reputation yes. and, our, and our, like, prestige level, I think. And, yeah. and just find our niche and uh, continue to grow within it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, getting with these, like, director of player uh, development and pitching coaches at different colleges, mm-hmm. that's usually kind of the connection level. Um, and, and really just how can we help you guys and then how can we work together? Um, you know, I, I think in the future we're looking at a, a developing a host family program where, and this is this is already starting, uh, you know, and then also on the other end, having you know really good d2 and d1 yeah. programs send us three or four guys so you talk about host families yeah i know there's people that that listen to this podcast that follow it religiously know what a host family is but i want you to take a minute or so to explain what a host family is to us and the listeners who may not know what it is but also if you're interested in being a host family following up to that that, that question how do you go about doing that yeah, it's a good question. You know, pretty much every summer collegiate team uh, that's worth anything is is thinking about host families or um, aspires to have them if they don't already have some kind of network in place. Um, you know, some some teams are the only team in their town, and I think you might have like a chamber of commerce kind of facilitating that somewhat, uh-huh. uh, just because they need to have this baseball team in their town for tourism or just something to do on the weekends. Um, and for us, we just have to be a little more proactive because we have a hockey team in our market and a, and, a, and a pretty well-known minor league team in our market and some other stuff going on in Wake Forest. Uh, so, so for us, you know, we have to, like, kind of like we do with sponsorships and group sales and stuff, we have to really kind of network, get to know people, and just kind of figure out who will be a good fit. Um, but, yeah, like, historically, minor league teams... In indie ball, a lot of indie ball teams have them, and mm-hmm. like rookie ball affiliated teams when yeah. there were those, uh, and then uh, kind of lower lower end, lower A ball like Winston Salem probably might have some, yeah, yeah. a few maybe, yeah, and uh, those those levels just to make the lifestyle workable uh, for the players, you know, families will take in a player for the summer. Um, and it often works out where just like maybe they have a kid that's uh, studying abroad for the summer, uh, so they have an extra bedroom, yeah. and they and you know we'll give them like season tickets and yeah. access to uh, some special events and maybe some swag or whatever you know like teams put together like a package to kind of you know do something cool to reward them and, and that kind of thing. But uh, you know for us like we're really looking at like networking with like little leagues and stuff like mm-hmm. that because like we see it as like. You know, let's let's let the player experience our city, but also like what can our player do? That's not like taking up all their time. Yeah, they, they have a serious you know work to do. They might be taking a summer class. We you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, can they help? You know, teach if that someone has a small kid, can they teach the kid to pitch? You know, like a couple of days a week um, to kind of give back. You know, you know if the if the mom and dad are like cooking them. Uh, you know, meals. meals a couple yeah. times a week or something and which you know some families do and some don't probably but uh you know that might be a way they can kind of give something back is like help their son learn mm-hmm. how to throw a curveball or something um so yeah just but also it's we want it to be like a, a good process i mean we we do you know ask questions on the front end like uh-huh. are you comfortable with 
a kid coming home at 11:30 at night, you know, is that going to infringe on your lifestyle? Uh, another big question a lot of teams ask are like, you know, do you have a washing machine and a dryer? Because, uh, you know, they got to do clothes. <laughs> a lot of laundry for these yeah. guys. Yeah. So, so, you know, teams will have a questionnaire, make sure it's a good fit for both parties. And I'm sure this year, teams that did them probably were talking about vaccinations and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we want to have, we can get a lot of local players in this market because mm-hmm. there's so much talent and year round players, just great players that grew up here. Uh, but we still, I mean, to be a great program we're going to need especially pitching from other parts of the country i think yeah um, we don't have to have it but i mean i think to be like an elite team in the future that's mm-hmm. that's the step to take but you said that you you had said that i think there's some sort of rule for this particular league that you have to have so many players from your particular state yeah am, am i remember am i remembering that correctly that's exactly right and, so. and what how many what percentage of players do you have to have from north carolina and how many how many players do you have on your team? Just to give people sure. a perspective. Yeah, I think on our team, we've kind of fluctuated some during the season. But, you know, we're looking around 30-ish and uh, for our full roster. But we can only take 20 to Johnstown. Um, and that final roster for that tournament has to be 50% uh, kids with a permanent uh, North Carolina address. Okay, so 50 at minimum. You yeah. said 30 you're taking or 20? Uh, for the tournament, it'll be 20. Okay, um, so you have to have 10 players, so half the team has to be uh, from North Carolina. Yeah. Wow. And, and we've, I mean, it depends on how, like, like when I, because I've just been filling out this mountain of paperwork for these, this tournament, uh-huh. you know, as all these tournaments are like that. But, uh, you know, if you look at it liberally, we we might have 18 or 19 guys that are sort of from North Carolina, but, but like, technically, with permanent address, uh, you know, probably like it'll probably end up being like twelve or thirteen or something like that. because so, we have kids that are in college here, but maybe they they're oh, so not permanent resident. Yeah, yeah. Every, most everyone's connected to here because we and we didn't have to really work for that this year because we had to kind of recruit locally anyway. Yeah. So we had a lot of kids that you know maybe go to Wake Forest or or uh, Carolina U, one of the, one of the local uh, colleges, and maybe they just stayed with a a teammate or whatever for the summer that yeah. kind of thing. A lot of those situations. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I appreciate you taking, you know, obviously some time to, you know, talk with me, meet up with me here today. Um, but, you know, last question is, is, you know, what's it looking like moving forward? You know, you talk about the tournament, but what about the remaining part of the season? What is it looking for? What are you guys looking towards? The yeah, part of the season. That's a good question. I mean, it's. I think you know we're looking at uh, finishing strong with momentum going into the tournament mm-hmm. is is a key for us. Um, you know, we, we've got a couple home games next Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. I hope the beer specials brings people out. Yeah. You know? And then uh, next Friday is our last home game. You know, going to do some stuff like have like a like a pizza, you know, go somewhere. We I don't, I guess, you know, some of our guys aren't 21, so we have to go somewhere where everyone's going to have fun. So we'll figure that out. But, uh, you know, do something like an end-of-the-year party for the guys. And then on a week from Sunday, you know, get, get in the vans and – go up to Johnstown and uh, try to win this historic tournament but and definitely at least you know have a strong showing I think yeah. people up there are pretty excited we're excited um, but yeah we're, we're looking to you know grow the brand uh, you know sell some cool merch in the offseason that is what we often talk about but yep. we've got some new era <laughs> hats coming uh, with the full you know I 
I don't want to spoil everything, but it will have like the full logo, which so far we've had a lot of stuff with the, the head of the Disco Turkey. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're going to have something soon with the full logo. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, and then we're going to have some player hats, which, you know, things have just been slow in shipping this year with, yeah, with, with uh, COVID yeah. and, and port issues and stuff. But but uh, we're trying to get more things in. We got new shirts for this home, next home stand that we didn't have before. So uh-huh. trying to add new stuff and kind of figure out how we can kind of stay in the conversation uh, during the off season. And then just, you know, we had, we had a pretty strong recruiting class and, you know, kind of mixed results on the field and, and hoping to finish strong this year. But, you know, hoping next year we can really build off that because, you know, when we go to recruit this year, we can show them here are the games we played. Mm-hmm. And, like, we look at other teams that compete against us in recruiting and they only played, like, 20 games. And, and recruiting pitchers is one thing, but we go to batters and be like, hey, man, you know, we can get you 100 at-bats. And look at how many games we played and look at these other guys. And those guys can bring their pitcher friends over, you know what I mean? So yeah. we're, we're going to, like... I think continue to grow, you know, not just the brand and the, and kind of our, you know, notoriety or whatever you want to say, but but also uh, our reputation and and just kind of build a home here. Yeah, totally. Well, you're my team of the East, and Thank I'll you. continue following the Disco Turkeys from out west, um, and we will definitely follow up with you uh, before uh, game time next year to kind of see where you're at, how that recruiting's going what you got going on for the year so that way we can let all of our fans know and you can let your fans know this is what we got upcoming this particular year maybe release some stuff ahead of time you know talk about some stuff that's coming out mm-hmm. uh so we get a little bit of half to people yep. <laughs> but uh yeah it'll be great and again thanks for being an awesome uh sport and meeting up with me and just being part of the podcast i know it's not west coast affiliated but it's summer collegiate ball it's really cool to be able to chat with you and be a part of your inaugural season so congratulations on that and here's to the years to come and i appreciate you taking time to meet with me yeah thanks ben thanks for coming out here man it's been great excellent well that'll do it for this episode of the dimes and roses podcast keep it locked in here and again thanks greg And you guys have a great day wherever you are at. Peace out.